ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Best Got Beat. It's season two, episode 17. My name is Luke Hatfield, uh, and it's a very special episode today. We've got two guests to introduce. One you will have been used to hearing week in, week out. One you'll probably be used to seeing week in, week out before the season suspension. First, let's say a quick hello to our ever brilliant Warsaw correspondent, <laughs> Mr. Liam Keane. Liam, how are you? Well, d- depends on what uh, the guest thinks about the player ratings, whether it's brilliant or not. Is, uh, is another question. Uh, I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, excited for today's episode? I am. I've been looking forward to it. It's been something I wanted to try and do for a while. Get uh, get someone on the uh, the podcast that isn't just me boring people to death half the time. So <laughs> it should be good. Yeah, it should be good. Shall we get straight to it then? Shall we introduce him? Let's go. Right. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome uh, Super Saddler Striker Extraordinaire. Josh Flash Gordon. Josh, welcome to the Best Got B. How are you? I'm alright, how are you? Yeah, not bad, Tar. How, how are you uh, looking forward to spending an hour uh, regretting your decision to agree to join <laughs> this podcast? I think we'll see as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, some, when some of the fan questions come up, he might change his mind. <laughs> yeah, we got we got an interesting array of questions for you, Josh. Um, have you ever done podcasts like this before, or is this your first time? No, it's his first time. Obviously, I've done interviews, but nothing like this. So you, right, you normally it. enjoy the interviews when when my questions come up, don't you, Josh? It's normally all right. Oh, it's my favourite bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad he said that because I could have gone one of two ways. It, it could have, yeah. I mean, uh, we've got some interesting points to raise later on, of course. Um, shall we get straight to it, Jen? Then, Josh, um, how are, how are you and the squad finding this and the, the sports suspension? And isolation in general, because a lot of fans are struggling, but oftentimes people kind of think the players aren't playing. But how how are you getting on? Um, you just think you take day by day by day. Um, obviously, everyone to be playing football like we we've been doing it since we're younger. We love playing with the mates and having that that team morale every day and seeing the lads. But you got to think of the bigger picture at the minute, aren't you? And think about people's lives and making sure you're staying safe and helping helping others to get through this pandemic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, a lot of people um, are working from home. Football is obviously so much much tougher to do that because you can't rock up and play a game from home. How's training and stuff? What's, what's the deal there? Because Liam's kind of mentioned how the squad are, are training. But, I mean, as a player, are you finding it more difficult? Uh, like, obviously, you're not going to get your match fitness because, obviously, like, you only get that playing games, but... We've been given um, programs to follow to just try to keep ticking over, but also not to blow ourselves out at the same time. Because if, from the sound of it, if we're going to finish this season and then go straight into the next one, it's going to be a lot of games in a short amount of time with little rest. So it's just try and manage it, but ticking over at the same time. So it's it's difficult, but um, the program what we've been given is it helps us to get through it. Mm. I suppose when you haven't got uh, the Managing, looking over your shoulder, you can probably get a few Easter eggs down your neck as well at the same time. After every run, you've got to treat yourself, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, are there any lads that you think you might come back with a, a little bit of extra timber, given that they're not uh, around the training ground day in, day out? No, I don't think so. I think um, everybody's professional. Obviously, this is our job, isn't it? Our job is to stay fit and, and keep ourselves... Well, <laughs> Not with not with uh, bat chocolates and uh, beer bellies. <laughs> I think everyone's uh, doing doing their bit. To be honest, 
Yeah, it's, it's obviously really an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, have you been keeping in touch with the players at all? I mean, I assume you're all in a, a WhatsApp group, but have you seen some people, I mean, trying to contact each other in, in strange ways, whether it be over social media or, uh, you know, playing games on the Xbox? Is that something that you guys have been doing as a squad? Or Yeah, well, like you said, we've got a group chat um, and WhatsApp, um, and then there's a few select lads who have got PlayStation, so we have our three o'clock normally um, Call of Duty session. We'll have to push it back so I, so I could do this. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry to keep you back from that. <laughs> um, are you a PlayStation guy then? No, not an Xbox one. I used to be Xbox um, before I became pro, and then when I went to Leicester, a lot of the Leicester lads had PlayStation as well. So um, it was either not play with them or make the change. So I made the change. Liam will be delighted about that's that. What, yeah, that's what, that's what I want to wear. That's what I like. <laughs> if I'm lucky, I might try and wangle a game with you at some point if, uh, if, if, the, if one of the lads is, uh, is busy and need an extra player. Right, we'll see how this goes first. <laughs> <laughs> are, you playing that, are you playing that new Warzone, are you? Or are you playing just the normal, the normal Yeah, game? Warzone. There's, a, there's four others who normally play. Me, um, Kins, uh, James Clark and Cam Norman. We uh, take it very seriously. We have, um, we have rank, ranks within our group, who's the leader, who's the, the sergeant and, and whatnot. We take it very serious. But we need to know who the leader is now, surely. We say Cam Norman because his, uh, his game tag's major norms, so he took it from <laughs> his tag. And then I think I'm second, Clarky, Kins. No, Kins and Clarky are probably on the same uh, on the same rank at the minute. We're seeing who can uh, develop and then... And, and get higher in the ranks, but we haven't decided yet. Compared to the the other three of you, the skipper's a little bit older, isn't he? So if he is ever busy at one point, just drop him out. I'm sure you want someone with a bit uh, younger eyes, maybe, on the game. Oh, James Clark's always on there. He's got a a girlfriend, so he has to uh, time it in right before he has to go off and do his uh, daily chores. (laughs) That's why he's always on there, then. He's trying to get away. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I hope you're not spending too much time in the gulag, eh, Josh? Always in there. I've become <laughs> a pro. I'm better in there than I am in the actual game. It's the most dis- disheartening thing when you're in there. It, well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I only started playing it the last like week or whatever. And, I mean, I am crap. <laughs> right, seriously bad. <laughs> You're not selling you? yourself well here, Liam. I've been, if you I've want been, to get in on this group, if, if, if you want to be in our war zone group, you got to tell me a, a better, a better story. To be honest, I've been, I've been. Well, I think we're going to come on to this as well. But I've been, uh, I've been attacking football manager a lot, getting the getting okay. the football fixing as best I can. So I've been, uh, I'm getting so I'm more of a tactical genius now, rather than a. <laughs> rather than a sharpshooter, to be honest. I, f- I think we should hold this up right now. Liam, do you want to explain um, a managerial, a certain managerial decision you made as Walsall boss uh, on Football Manager, by the way? Because you... I heard... Um, well, if you ask me, Gordon do I want isn't, to? isn't a part of your side anymore, is he? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's, let's have this right. <laughs> let's have this right. It was it was a good three years into my, into my reign. I didn't, I didn't ship Josh out straight away. Um, he got he got a chance and he just he just didn't take it. So, um, oh, I to, wow. so where, where am I now? I, that's a good question because I actually tried to search and I can't find you on the the database. So you may have retired. Um, I'm in 2029. 20, in fairness, if you've got Liam Keane managing you and he sacks you off, I mean, 
Yeah, well. okay, done <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have. I, I've won the FA Cup. I'm in the Premier League. I finished second, and I got to the Champions League semi-final. I'm quite pleased with that. But in my uh, in my days in the in the Championship, um, I may or may not have replaced you with Omar Bogle at the time. So, is there anybody still left from um, the current squad? Oh no, that was a long time ago. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they were shipped out pretty quick. Um, I, I don't think you, I don't think I can tell you the players that went in the first season because I think that might compromise my position as a as a reporter. Yeah, uh, I think you've already burned some bridges already. You've <laughs> <me out> <laughs> I'm actually open, as we speak. I'm opening the team now, and yeah, I'm pretty sure there's no one here. No, there's I'm, no one. I'm pretty sure post game now, Josh Gordon's just going to walk straight by you. Interviews. No, t- Tom forces. <laughs> <laughs> Tom gets for- Tom forces them into uh, into speaking to me anyway. So they got no choice. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we've been seeing you keep yourself pretty uh, entertained on uh, TikTok as well, uh, Josh. Um, yeah, yeah. Looks like um, you could have a future in uh, sports broadcasting by the sounds of it. <laughs> the um, the gaffer always calls me Chris Kamara. Calls me uh, his love child. <laughs> and I was just scrolling through TikTok one day some of the lads doing to each other and I've got some friends at home who, uh, who we have like little competitions so you can do the best one and then I just uh, stumbled across that one and I thought you know what I'll give it a go see what can happen it's quite impressive I mean I, I, I've, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit I tried a TikTok myself I was, I was roped into it by my missus actually funnily enough but it wasn't, it wasn't uh, an impression it was one of those challenges you do when you're doing like press ups and you kind of doing it to music and stuff but um, I might have to give that one a go next time Josh but it's difficult though it takes ages to try and get it right yeah I can imagine hands, you? so you might as well waste the time trying it yeah that's it I mean and I can safely say I won't be doing it <laughs> it's not for me <laughs> uh, obviously I mean going back to the football uh, are you in touch with Daryl Clark very often Is is it, is he kind of keeping the lads in check or is it is it one way you're kind of being trusted to do the work on your own no um, all of them to be fair have been really good they've been keeping in touch um, to see how we are and trying to keep us updated as much as possible obviously everything changes every day doesn't it mm. um, but they've, they've been good they've been keeping in touch and making sure everybody's uh, staying sane so yeah yeah they've been uh, it's been nice to hear them Mm. Where, where have you been staying as well? Because I was speaking to Elijah yesterday um, and he went back to London, didn't need to stay with family before the lockdown. Um, have you been staying in the area or have you, or did you move back somewhere with family? You're from Stoke originally, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got my own place here. So um, nothing's really changed really apart from just not being able to see family that much. Um, a few families still key workers, so they're still out doing their job. So just been here, uh, alone really at mine, trying to find jobs to do now, which I wouldn't really like doing. Mm. Or just playing as much Warzone as you can physically fit into a day. <laughs> and that as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's have a look back now, Josh. Of course, I mean, you made the move to Walsall and you were at Leicester before. I mean, how did you, how did you find that? Because you're going from obviously a Premier League setup in Leicester, and then obviously joining Walsall, you know, a couple of divisions lower. I mean, obviously there are differences, but how did you find the move? Um, not too bad to be honest. Like at the start, obviously before I went to Leicester, I was um, playing non-league football, and that was that was competitive mm. in, in the sense of 
you get relegated or you can get promoted. Um, and then I, when I went to Leicester, it was more developing me my technical ability and understanding the game that way, where it's more slowed down and more kind of choreographed, if that makes sense, mm. where they, they work on shapes and, and phases of play. And then it was just adapting the, adapting the both into into Warsaw when I got there. Obviously, it was a bit of a slow start for me at the time because I didn't get straight into the team because the team were doing well. But, um, yeah, it, I, I didn't, didn't find it too much of a change apart from what, obviously going back to understanding the c- competitiveness of it and the seriousness of winning and losing games. Mm. Obviously, I mean, it must be strange walking around you know, the King Power and the, the training ground at Leicester. I mean, you'd be walking past like Jamie Vardy one minute and, you know, all sorts of players. Did you get a chance to learn much off like someone like, obviously, Jamie, who was, you know, obviously such a good player in his position? Yeah, I had a, I had a good opportunity while I was there to train with them a lot. So I tried um, to be a select few from the 23s who would train with their first team. So just playing with them every day, training with them every day, you you you'd learn things from him and obviously speaking to him because all of them were uh, sound like to, to to get information off. Mm. So I, I I feel like I did learn a lot from him while I was there. Must be daunting. Yeah, it was. To be fair, the first, the first training session I had when I went on trial with, um, with the first team, that was, that was a bit of a, like a shock, but you just got to take it, you just got to take your chance, don't you, when you can and, and just embrace the moment at the same time as showing what you've got. Mm. And it just became, it started becoming the norm then after um, a few months being there. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know if you listened to it, but the Peter Crouch podcast, they were, they were talking, Crouchy was talking about his, his first session at Liverpool, and he was saying that Steven Gerrard would essentially just test any new guys. He'd absolutely he'd ping balls into them and see if they could control it, and then lay it off for him first time did you notice any of any of that like any kind of like testing going on from maybe senior players there I mean I suppose it's it's different at every club isn't it yeah no when when I got there like the first training session there was so they must have had a game um, two days before so on the Monday they would have the players who didn't play and the players who didn't get much time they would have a little small-sided so I was involved in that mm. and the second day um it was, I was with the whole team and we're doing a passing drill and on my kit you'd have trialists on your kit until obviously you've, you've got your selected number yeah. and um, I remember being in a group with me, Ben Chilwell, Mark O'Brien, Danny Drinkwater and Mares, and we're doing the passing drill normal and then Mares went to pass the ball and he zipped it in so fast and I've just come from training with the 23s as well so I was yeah. like putting my all in there so I was a bit knackered and I just see this ball come whizzed at me, miscontrolled me because I wasn't expecting it at all. And, I, and so he was he was one of the players who would test players. And so I didn't didn't see eye to eye with him in my own head at first. But then as soon as I signed, it, it was fine. So I think I think it's a, a natural thing for senior players to test out younger players and um, try at least just to see what they're about and if they've was, yeah, it, a, was it like a, a sort of like an, an arrogance thing on Mares's side, or was it just a, a sort of an acceptance? He wants he wants to see what he can do, so he can sort of accept you into the group. 
No, I think it's to see what I can do. I don't think um, players are like that because everyone's been in them kind of situations themselves, yeah. haven't they? Everyone's had to go to a new team or be on trial somewhere. So it's not just like like when you pass your test and you got learners in front of you. You have to understand that you're in that you've been in that position yourself to not cut them up. Basically, that's the best example I can use. Yeah, is that something you, you, you maybe do at Warsaw as well? Like when you see a, a new trialist come in or a potential new sign-in, is that, you know, you, you kind of get together at training and say, all right, let's see what you got? Yeah, you're I the one, You're so. the one zipping the balls in, aren't you, Josh? You're, you're absolutely <laughs> blasting it at them. No, I'm not like that. No, I don't think, I don't think we've got uh, players like that. It's, um, what, what, not what I've seen anyway. Maybe, maybe you, you have an eye on somebody a little bit more than you would with your normal players because you want to see what they're about, don't you? Mm. If they're gonna if they're gonna be a part of the the team you the, the team you're in, so maybe, but maybe unconsciously you do it. Yeah. But just a bit on Mara's. What was he like, sort of as a person and his quality in training? Because you've seen he, he's come through. What what was it? The second league in France. I think he came from. Didn't he to to go to uh, Leicester for what four hundred k something like that? And his time there uh, within the few years he was there, and then now at City. I mean, he's been magnificent, hasn't he? Yeah, he's always had that quality, even in training. Like you, you would do like around robbing so small small sided games, and. Obviously, all the players in the first team are quality, but you can just see that the flair which he had was was just different. And it, but he's a, mm. but he's a nice guy at the same time. He's got a lot of time for 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 you. Apart mm. from when he's blasting balls. But yeah, he's training, um, but... <laughs> <go on. laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, the, the lad said all that. I think he's just trying to like. I remember Wes Morgan just saying, "Oh, hey, don't worry about it. He's just. Uh, I think he's just testing you." And I think it's just a natural thing people do. But he, mm-hmm. after that, like you see him in the corridor, and speak to him. Like when I played him, when I played some games with him, they they were fine. Just treat you like an old person because at the end of the day, they are normal people, aren't they? Yeah, a lot of people forget that, don't they? I mean, they see someone and they say, "Oh, they're a professional footballer." You instantly kind of dehumanise someone, and it's it's not right to do it because at the end of the day, I mean, professional footballers are still a human being as well, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get too far into like the politics side of it because we <laughs> sort of have trying to have a bit of fun. But it's like that stuff with uh, that Matt Hancock and the government talking about footballers taking pay cuts, and then today he was saying he won't take one himself. It's that kind of thing, isn't it? Where you, you, you sort of need to weigh it up uh, as people as well as a profession. Yeah, I think it's just it's a bit of an easy target, isn't it? And on that that aspect, I think people just see see that or people on a TV. A lot and and have a understanding of what they get paid, so they just assume that that's what should happen. Yeah, exactly. And moving on, Josh. Obviously, you've been at the club a while now, Warsaw. How have you found life under a boss like Daryl Clark compared to how it was under Dean Keats? Because it was it was weird last season, wasn't it? Because it started so well under Keats, and then things obviously went downhill. I mean, have you noticed differences between the two? Obviously, every manager is going to have a different kind of management style. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Dean Keats is the one who brought me in, so I, I, I can't say anything bad about him because I did like him as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe characteristics like Daryl Clark is a very strong character. I thought 
I think when when we first got there, because he, he, he's loud and he's in 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 a bit of a lad kind mm. of kind of character. So um, I, I I don't know how to how to say it without 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 putting a putting a downer on on Dean Keats, but I think we we understand a bit more what what he wants from us. Mm. That's probably the best the best way to, to, to bit say more, it. A bit more vocal in his in his style, is it? Yeah, yeah. And no, obviously, you, you can you can see that on the on the sidelines. He's always he's always talking and he's always he's always throwing he's, on he's information. He's louder than the fans sometimes, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he, but also he, he, we get on with him loads. Like he's 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 a he's a good character to be around, and, and I think learned a lot from him as well. And also. That's Mark, Marcus, Marcus, and um, Brian Dutz as well, hmm. yeah, and uh, Mike as well. Like a lot of them, have got a, um, a lot of experience and information, which, which is uh, helpful to be able to progress. As, and I feel like it that that's shown really, and and a lot of the players. Yeah, I was going to say, as a young player, having that kind of experience in the backroom staff, and obviously in some of the players as well, it must. I mean, it must be a godsend for you. you must be so enjoyed. You must enjoy it so much being able to learn from these kind of people. Yeah, and they've all got their. It's a good balance as well. You, obviously, you have the manager who looks over everything, but then you've got Marcus, who's specialised. He's in in the forward play. You got you got Brian Dutz, who spe- like looks at the defensive side and in in that in that aspect. And then you obviously got Mike, who's a goalkeeper. So it's a mm. good balance for the squad when it comes to d- doing certain things in training, where, where when when it's all broken up and uh, slowed down. I think that's a good. That's that's been a good um, part of the part of the progression. How, how mm. do they all get involved in the training as well? Because I saw, I think it was just before the the uh, the game. Sorry, the league was suspended. The pictures of Daryl uh, from the club, and he's getting in physically, getting in, involved in training, and sort of having a bit of a laugh with the squad. And does that happen quite a lot with with all the the staff? Not necessarily as much as like playing. I think. Um, I can't remember what happened that day. I think I'm sure Elijah went down, um, and then um, and then the gaffer just took upon himself to get involved. But the, it, it, even when they're spectating, they're always involved as well, yeah. like always talking stuff. So we, if they're not actually um, playing, it, they are still um, hugely involved, all of them, all together. Has he still got the ability, Daryl, as well? Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> if, if, any, if any lads listen to this, they're gonna get a rip me. But we had a good link-up play. Me and the gaffer did. We, we were at the same time. He gave me some goals, and we said it after trainees. But obviously, you know what, what lads are like. Once you once you say something like that with a gaffer, they don't like it. <laughs> well, that's the new Daryl partnership Clark. sorted then. Yeah, mate. Daryl Clark, player manager. <laughs> <laughs> Just play behind me. You might get me twenty goals a season. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> Um, last one on Keats, and feel free to to not answer this if you don't want to. Were you surprised when he was let go? It's a tough one, isn't it? Like you don't, you don't, as players, you don't understand what's going on behind the scenes, and you can only take it by what you see in football. Anyway, when things aren't going right, um, people above look to start changing things. So. You don't you don't expect it you don't expect it at the time it always becomes a shock, hmm. but um, that's that, that's that's how football is, isn't it? Sometimes it's it's very fickle for players and for, for managers. Hmm. 
and obviously you know in the summer we had the the changement the changes behind the scenes and did you guys get much of an inkling what was going on in terms of the ownership and you know obviously Pomlet coming in not really i think when we when we're off it we 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 kind of we're just off like we we only find out mm. information when 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 it's needed um, since the new chairman's come in, he's been very hands-on and um, speaks to us speaks to us a lot. So he he's very involved, which is nice to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I mean, and obviously he's you know he's been quite vocal, and it's it's been a, a bit of a culture shock for the fans at times because obviously the previous ownership and things tended to be pretty you know cards close to the chest, but now we're seeing like Lee come out and speak more. Uh, and the fans have really enjoyed that. I mean, as as players, you kind of touched on it, but is it is it a little bit refreshing for you? Or yeah, like I just think because of what what happened at the end of the season last season, I was getting relegated. We needed to there's something needed to happen for for us all at the club to to be able to rebuild. Obviously, I, I got on with the chairman before. Um, but it's different for different people, and obviously the fans, as you say, some of the fans weren't happy, and and clearly the new chairman has brought a new light for them, which is good. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what that's what it's about now. It's just all about trying to rebuild and 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 build them relationships again. And I think that's what's slowly happening. I think. And with that that rebuild, obviously, in terms of the hierarchy, the squad itself was completely changed, wasn't it? I mean, you were one of a handful of players that, that stayed. Um, was that, was the thing that was needed as well? It's not necessarily anything against the players that were there before, but it was just a bit of a fresh injection of blood was needed uh, just to freshen things up a bit, do you think? I, I think that team was together for maybe a season or two before I got there, I think. Um, some people were out of contracts and looking to move elsewhere, so... It's just one of them. It, when a new manager comes in, he has his ideas and 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 what he wants, and obviously that that's what's happened. Obviously, I got on with a lot of the lads who, well, with a lot of the lads who were there last season. And that's football, and people people stay, people go, and people had it plays in their own head had ideas of where they wanted to go as well. So I think it was it was it was easy enough for the manager when he had them discussions with players. For, for what he wanted to do, I think. But obviously, I, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes when it comes to personal personal players' um, contracts and whatnot. Mm. There was a there was a few. I mean, there's there's been bits of it here and there after that season, that relegation season. But uh, there was a little bit recently as well. I mean, I won't go into to detail on it, but there was a little bit of criticism of some of the players that were there last season. And was it a little bit? Hostile at times within the squad, or, or, or was it quite unified and it just the results didn't go the way you wanted it to? No, we, we, we all we all stuck together. Like I, it was just a, a bit of a strange one, I think, because we started so well when I when I first got there. We started so well, we went on a bit of an unbeaten run, and then something just happened where we had, where we had a dip, and then we would have games where. We would we would we would be winning one or two nil, and then we end up going away with a point or maybe losing, and we just couldn't put a finger on what it was. But no one, no one like dispersed dispersed away from the from the group. Everyone stayed together because obviously everyone was trying didn't want to be in a position which we end up getting in. Hmm. 
just to, if I could just change the tact a little bit with the you personally and, and goals. Um, I mean, stats don't don't always tell the full story. But if you if you look at your your sort of goal scoring stats in these last two seasons, it's uh, it seems to show that you you start a little bit slower and you sort of grow into the season. Um, again, particularly this season, you've had an excellent second half of the season and, and had a little bit of a goal drought to start. Uh, do you find that you feel that yourself that you've grown into it a little bit, or, or how does it play on your mind? Yeah, it, it, it's a hard one to um, to put my finger on. Like, I had seasons where I've started started the ground running, scoring loads of goals. Um, but yeah, since I've been here at Walsall, I, I reckon probably the first season I didn't start as many games, so it was it was getting it was getting that um, continuous football before I felt my rhythm. Um but this season I, I I don't know. I think when I'm looking back at some of the games that there were chances there to, to score goals but didn't take them. But like I said to you in interviews um at the start of the season, all I can all I focused on really was doing everything I can for the team and for me by working hard and, and doing all that aspect of the game and goals will come. So and for some reason, they're coming towards the end of the season at the minute. But as long as I'm doing the bear, the, 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 that side of the game, what I, what I know, what I'm good at, and everything else falls into place, I try not to think about the goal too much. It can, it can take you off task. Sorry, Luke, I cut you off there. You're about to say something. Yeah, I was, I was just going to kind of follow up on that on that goals point because you always hear strikers say, "Oh, I want." X number of goals this season or you know the X number of assists for creative players do you think that puts a bit of undue pressure on yourself is that something you do or is, is it something you kind of privately set that target or is it something you're quite public about no, I, I set myself a target which obviously I know myself like my dad comes to most of my games well, all my games really and he knows the target which I, I set myself but I think you have to set certain goals uh, for the season because you want to you want to aim for aim for that and and overachieve but mm. I don't think it puts pressure on me I just like, like I said you, you you set a target but then that's it then you set you set your target and you just have to think of everything else which is going to help you to get them goals and that comes with the hard work and try and be in the right place at the right time but having Marcus like I said about the good balance having Marcus there as the next striker and the goals he scored, it's, it's, it's helped us as strikers to improve, and and, and it's shown. Mm. And obviously, you know, this season is is kind of up in the air now. Like we're not, we're not, no one's entirely sure what's going to happen. As a player, I mean, I imagine you just want to be back playing as soon as possible and finish off the season, don't you? Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not coming at the, the best of times because I was uh, having a good little run, but these things happen, don't they? You can't. You can't predict what goes on in the world. Mm. And, just, and like I said, you've got to take over, Keep taking over, and just try to stay as fit as possible for when for when we go back, and hopefully continue where I left off. Yeah, and obviously going into next season, what do you see as the aims for you and the aims for Walsall? I mean, having been relegated to League Two, is 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 promotion now the the big aim for next season after a year of kind of rebuilding and gelling this squad together? It's, it's, it's a tough one, tough one to say. I think 
we need to wait till we see where we actually finish the season and then it's about progressing from there. And for me as a as a personal a personal thing would be to make sure I'm doing everything I can to help help the help the club and the team to progress from where from where we finish this season. I think that mm. that that would be the aim, just to progress from where we are now. Mm-hmm. So, can I just add something on quickly? It was uh, one I've been a question I've been sitting on. It's um, I'll try and word I'll try and word this the right way. Um, basically, I'm going to say that. Physically, you're not the, the the biggest person in the world. Um, take that take that as a not as a negative. Um, <laughs> but when you're on the pitch, you I think you've got this good balance of being quite fiery and feisty when you need to be. Um, but I, I've very rarely seen you get so um, over the top where you're putting yourself sort of disciplinary record at, at stake. Um, how do you sort of balance that? Because um, you seem to like giving it a bit to the fans as well. I mean, just looking at the a few of the games recently, there was that penalty at Forest Green. There was that great picture that our photographer got of you with the um, with your hands up by your ears in front of the, the yeah. home fans. Um, there was one at a home game recently, I forget which game it was, where um, a fan made a comment to you quite loudly and you turned around and gave him a look. And then about two minutes later, you scored. So, I mean, how do you sort of use all that to bring your game together as full circle? I think managing it, isn't it? I think, I think the, the first season I was here, I had, I'm sure I had like 10 or 11 yellow cards, maybe, and then sending off. And uh, that wasn't for me being malicious or nasty when I'm playing. That's just working hard and trying to get stuck in and it's in is trying to find that good balance of doing them things and having things around you which which fire you up and motivate you to to kind of uh, to prove people wrong at the same time as enjoying the moment. So the Forest Green one, I think when um, he got a bit of a hand to it, I could hear the fans um, <laughs> almost celebrate that this, the penalty was saved. So it's just that in the moment thing to do. It's 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 not it's not pre-planned or anything like that. It's just it's just one of the spur of the moment things, and I think that that's that's what happens in the in in most games when when I react to stuff. I, I know how to control it at the same time where I'm not going out of line. If that makes sense. Mm. Well, if if it was me, I'd probably be like Cantona every week, karate kicking into the stands. I'll <laughs> be getting too too emotional. Um, but you, you mentioned that about the yellow cards. I mean, you, you're on nine. This season, um, but you're not a you're not a dirty player. I, I, as I said, I don't think I've ever seen you make a, a particularly rash challenge or or anything like that. I think but that that work rate that you put in does that sometimes lend itself towards the sort of occasional petty fouls or petty yellow cards where you're you're trying to hassle and, and terry defenders to to get the ball back. I'd probably say so. I reckon I personally don't think. Half of the yellow cards I've had this season are yellow cards. I can remember getting one at Newport for uh, being a bit frustrated in my, I uh, that my one, yeah, yeah my own little moment. I don't believe I should be getting yellow card for that, but um, yeah, I, it, it's. I think that's another part of the game which which um, which the management speak to me about just being able to put the brakes on a little bit. Like continue what I do, closing down and putting plays under pressure, but trying to 
but then breaks on when I get a bit tired. I think that's that's the, that's where some of the yellow cards come from. Well, I, I remember the, the Newport one because I think you you were put through on goal and it was offside, was it? I think it was and. Um, it wasn't that side, but yeah. I, I, I remember you. I remember you sort of punching. You were like on the opposite side of the pitch to the assistant, and you punched the ground and said something or shouted something, and got booked for it. And I remember turning to people around me and saying, "Why has he been booked for that?" I mean, that's. But to be fair, the less we say about referees or assistants in this in League Two, probably the better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably, we probably shouldn't go down that road. Um, what I was going to say off the back of um, off the back of that other question was. There was one game as well, and again, my memory, I can't remember who it was. He was at home, but there was a, a defender. He must have been about six foot five. Um, you, were, you were trying to close him down. You may have nicked him or whatever it was, and, and he turned around and shoved you. And you, <laughs> he turned around and squared up to him, and you were about half his height. And it, without, obviously, that's not a sort of a dig at you. I think that fire is good, isn't it? You want that fire to, regardless of how big you are, you put yourself around, and you do actually win quite a lot of headers against players that are a lot bigger than you. Yeah, that was a uh, Carlisle. That was I remember that. Yes, he, um, yeah. I, I felt I felt him uh, my soul out of my body at the same time. He was a big lad. <laughs> but, um, I don't. I, I think that's just that uh, non-league attitude as well. Like I yeah. played non-league from when I was sixteen against against men, and they don't hold back. So you you got to look after yourself at the end of the day, aren't you? You can't you can't be pushed about or else it's going to be a long ninety minutes. In, in life, in general, basically, I think yeah. that's a it's a trait um, which. Uh, that's a good thing, Luke. We can try and get you to stand up for yourself now when you're out and about. <laughs> Josh will teach you. That's a claim. Shall we get to send questions from the listeners? You've survived our questions, but can you survive those of our listeners, Josh? Um, first one comes from Vital Walsall. Uh, what has changed for you to see you become more clinical in front of goal? I think, like I touched on before, I think it's the the coaching that you get, and you, I'm 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 still relatively relatively young, so I'm I'm still learning each game and each season I play as a professional footballer. And it's looking back at areas where you probably could have scored or areas where you could have been in the right place, um, and having someone like Marcus there to help you to help you to understand as well. I think that. That's helped a lot. Mm. Uh, Lee Reynolds asks another one. Um, either home or away, which songs do the fans sing that make you, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up? And how much of a difference does it make to yourself and the rest of the team seeing and hearing the fans sing in home and away? It's a massive difference. Like, it, I can remember the Stolford game um, when the fans come in and... In, in how many was it? Like a few thousand, wasn't there? I think. Uh, the one thousand three hundred, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it just, it's 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 a extra man on the pitch, isn't it? And I think even at home as well, as the numbers have started to um, to rise, it it shows that it helps the team having having the voices behind us. But when it comes to songs, obviously I've got to got to say my song, which I enjoy hearing. Most. That, especially at a ground like the Salford ground as well, because I think their their capacity is only about five five thousand. It's uh, relatively small, and there to have the one thousand three hundred or whatever it was behind the, the behind the goal, it was that big standing area as well, and obviously a good result on that day as well. So it all adds to it, doesn't it? It adds to 
normally adds to the result and it would go in the way of the team that has got that kind of backing most of the time. Yeah, it, I think um, visually seeing that, that amount of people there also gives you a boost as well as hearing them. It's just like uh, even the post green, the, in, yeah. in that small area which where the fans were, it looked like a lot of fans. You know, I know it was a lot of fans, but it made it look like a lot of fans, and that, that gives you that extra boost, boost as well. Hmm. James Simner asks, um, Josh, what was your favourite goal and game in a Walsall shirt? Mm-hmm. I think I always refer back to last season against Bradford where we went 10 men down I think the header to win the game I think that, that was one of my favourite goals mm. um, and also Salford this season as well I think that that, that was another game cause, just because of the atmosphere being that had the goal to score. Mm. Did you score in that game? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Did I score? Yeah. Yeah, I scored the um, second one. Yeah, I thought you did. I was trying to remember for a second then because it was uh, it was two 0 up, wasn't it? And then they got one in the sort of sixty odd, sixty yeah. odd minute, and to hang on. Love scored first half. Yeah. And then, uh, then me second half. And then Robbo pulled off that unbelievable save in like the 93rd minute, or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was crazy. That save. I was almost right in front of the press box as well. So I mean, I was I was almost on the pitch. <laughs> right. Uh, Lee Reynolds asks, um, could you sell, could you see yourself scoring goals in a championship with Walsall? He's, he says you're already a Walsall favourite, and if you were to score a winner against the likes of West Brom. Wolves, Villa, or Blues—you'd become a legend in the club forever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd, I'd hope I'd be able to score in, in any league which I which I, I go into. That's a, as a strike, that's what that's what you'd like. And if if it was with Wolves and Championship, then then yeah. Uh, Nick Etheridge, um, did Josh ever think he'd be reading bedtime stories to young fans? <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is what. Uh, is it, our, our media team are trying their best to um, keep the fans uh, engaged and, and try to do things to, to keep them involved. So it's, it's part and parcel of the, of the job. I, I, yeah, it's part and parcel of the job, it looks like. So if mm. I have to read a bedtime story, it looks like I have to read a bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> you, sound, you sound like you enjoy it. Say that again, uh, sorry. Sadler Phil asks, Oh, I said you sound like you enjoy it. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next question. <laughs> we'll move uh, on. Sadler Phil um, asks, uh, how far can this team go and, and which areas do you think we need to build over the summer? I think like I touched on before, it, it, it's about progressing each season, I know, I know it seems it sounds like a sitting on the fence answer, but I think all we can do is just keep trying to progress from where we are now. But regards to improving in the team, I don't think that that's my not my area to. As to a answer. player, it's hard to is say, it, yeah. though, isn't it? Because yeah. you're you're essentially part of a group, and you're not gonna you're never going to talk down a specific area of the pitch because, you know, you've got to maintain that relationship with, you know, your fellow players and stuff as well. Exactly. It, it, 
as long as when when the players come in, as long like I said, I think before when um, when you Liam asked me about another striker coming in, if if they're going to add to the team to help us progress, and that, that that's all a player can uh, hope for, really. And as long as I'm doing my part to help the team progress, that's 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 that's, that's all I can uh, focus on. Well, the good thing is they didn't need another striker because you've got the three of you who've had a, a pretty good season. I mean, Elijah, especially in the last, well, the last three or four weeks before the, the season was suspended. I mean, he was superb, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. We've we've all been doing well um, collectively, I think. Apart from that little dip what we had uh, as a team, I think we've we've all started to pick up again and, and it's shown. Hmm. A couple more as well before we get on to um, a couple uh, quizzes for you, Josh. Okay. Um, Ryan H and uh, What the Flop ask, uh, what are your best quarantine snacks or top-tier chocolates and sweets for getting through the break? I'll go for a healthy one and I'll go for a bad one. Um, <laughs> my healthy snack, I've enjoyed... Um, I well, I, there's a story behind this. I, didn't, I didn't, never used to like hummus. I hated hummus. Yeah. Um when I was younger, I see my sister having it like a garlic one. I just think, why would you ever want to have garlic or, like uh, something what makes your breath smell like that? Like I have, a, I have a thing about things making your breath smell like curries and stuff. I eat them, but I just don't like the thought of you walking around the rest of the day with a garlic breath or curry breath. So that's what put me off it. But um, we had a um, lunch once at football, and Lavs had this plate of hummus and there's some bread and so I asked him the question of why he likes it and he said oh no just try this one it's nice so ever since then I, I, I love hummus so I've been having carrots and hummus is like a bit of a healthy snack yeah um, but my bad snack would be chocolate I have a sweet tooth of chocolate oh yeah you can't be a good galaxy bar can you I, I enjoy fruit and nut galaxy bars oh. As if you a went straight to choice. Galaxy. I mean, come on. Galaxy is a top quality chocolate, mate. Man, it's, yeah, it's decent, but you don't. It's not the one you go straight to. If, oh. if you have you have a big bar, what you put in the fridge, and then you then you go to it every now and then when you're treating yourself. Well, yeah. that's yeah, that's what you say, and most people, probably me and Luke <laughs> included, that eat it all in one session. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I won't tell you how many Easter eggs of. Which were meant to last weeks have lasted mere days um, in the Hatfield household. I'm, I'm sure the eggs got smaller. I had I had two Easter eggs off the uh, off the mother, and I said I rang you. I was like, I'm sure these Easter eggs get smaller each year. Uh, and the price like, doubles. Three bites, and then and then it's done. Yeah, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, it's, it's it's not just me who thinks it. Then I'm glad <laughs> someone else thinks that. Uh, makes me feel a bit better about myself. Um, uh, Butters. West, uh, Butters WFC asks um, Did you get through that one alright Luke? Yeah I got through that one alright <laughs> um, What are Flash's thoughts on the fans through good and bad runs and how's he enjoying his new re- revitalised football style? Um, well you understand when fans get frustrated um, so you just kind of have to accept it um, but in the same breath we don't do things on purpose if that makes sense Mm. Like when, like the big, the bad run, like it's not purposely done. That that just happens in football. Whichever team you, whichever team you rattle, whichever team you support, it's always going to have the goods and bads. But then, as a player, 
that's uh, I think that's part of the game, and you have to understand that uh, fans do get frustrated, and but when you're doing well, they're, they're going to be behind you, which which the fans have here. So yeah, uh, you appreciate when when they're behind you, and then you understand when they're having a little bit of a moan. Mm. Um, uh, curiosity, Josh. Um, who do you support? Uh, I'm an Arsenal fan. Oh right, okay. So I understand at the minute <laughs> go through the bad patch. Like it's not it's not the invincibles anymore. Yeah. But I oh. think uh, Arteta will slowly start getting them back to. Luke's Championship, a, Champions League. Luke's a Baggies fan, aren't you, Luke? Um, no, I'm not, mate. I'm a Villa fan. I'm a Villa fan. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, clarify this right away. Um, there is talk of me supporting Albion, but I'm a Villa fan. I've always been a Villa fan. We don't need to say um, anything about me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Warsaw <laughs> fan, so. <laughs> okay, mate. Whatever you say. Uh, last one for you, Josh. Uh, comes from Keith Thomas. Uh, how do you feel about the prospect of playing the remainder of this season behind closed doors? Because at the moment, there's a there's a serious chance that could happen, isn't there? Yeah. I am. Um, again, it's we just got to do what what we've got to do to to make sure everybody's being being safe and uh, respecting their government guidelines. But at the same time, we what I think. Everyone wants to get the season finished, don't they? I think uh, that's that's the main objective. So if we have to, then then we have to. Mm. It'll be a strange one, won't it, with with no fans there? I mean, having I I was fortunate enough to cover a behind closed doors game just before the season was suspended, and it felt it's it's bad to say it. It did feel like a little bit of like a training ground game. I mean, have you ever played? A game behind closed doors. I mean, do you think it would end up kind of feeling that way? Yeah, well, when you when you play development football, there is there is games where you've probably got your mum and like mum and dad there. So like I've been in them kind of games, and also when they've been internationals, we've the managers just put on games against other teams just to keep it sticking over. So I've been involved in a few behind closed door games, and. You just have to, as best as you can, as as players, just mentally get past that. Get past that and 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 just focus and treat it like a real game. Obviously, all you're doing, all all you're really missing is is the fans and the atmosphere, aren't you? But it's still, we got to still remember that it's three points that we're trying to, trying to get if it comes to that. We just won't see any celebrations with your hands cupped around your ears, will we? I guess. <laughs> No. <laughs> Running past the press box is doing it in front of me. <laughs> that's that's for the player ratings last week. What, what, <laughs> yeah, play, play, oh, oh, I, I've not seen them. I've heard about them. No, no I was about to say, I was actually interested. Do any of the players ever actually, because it was a weird one, because um, in terms of, there's normally a sort of handful of people at the games press-wise, but in terms of people who report on the club day in, day out, uh, I'm the only one. Because there's BBC WM who only do the games, and then if anything breaks, they'll sort of put things on uh, on their on their uh, their feeds. But I'm the only one that really does it, and I get the impression that most of the players sort of stay away from reading or looking at anything or looking at the player ratings. Is that is that what you try and do? Yeah, I think um, I think the gap is big on this. You just have to just you have to just focus on you and and not get too. Engrossed on what's going on on social media and stuff like that because it can it can it can be 
can be a good thing at times, but then it can be a bad thing, can't it? So to stay away from it completely um, is probably the best for you to focus on your game. So I, won't be, not, I won't be offended. So I've not, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard any of the players um, what I know of look at it. That's all right, then. At least, at least no one's threatening me behind, uh, behind my back to you guys. Well, you just done that to yourself at the start of this release as well. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, well, I um, the player ratings are a funny one because I, uh, it's the first time I've ever spoke to a player about them actually. But I, I try. I spoke to Dale about them once, but I try and do it as fair as I can and, and sort of get a positive in there, even if it's been a pretty bad game for that individual. But with you, luckily, I don't think off the top of my head I've ever actually given you a bad rating. So <laughs> I'm going to put that out there now to sort of gain back a few brownie points. That's all right. Yeah, I mean, he'll sell, he'll sell you on Football Manager, but he'll never give you a bad player rating. Yeah, he'll force into retirement, but... <laughs> Early <laughs> retirement, yeah. <laughs> um, right, we'll finish with a couple um, little fun segments for you, Josh, so you don't have to sweat anymore. You don't have to worry about answering too many tough questions. Okay. Um, are you a big FIFA player, Josh? Do you play FIFA very often? I play FIFA, um, but I'm more into like Fortnite and, and Call of Duty, but I do play FIFA. Mm. This one might be a bit tricky for you then. Um, it's uh, it's play your cards right, but with uh, FIFA player ratings. Okay. So, um, Josh, I'm going to ask you to guess first. I mean, what's, what do you think your overall is on the latest version of FIFA? Your overall rating out of 100? I think I looked at this the other day and I was fuming about it. Is it 63? <laughs> 63, correct. Yeah. Um, now, is Elijah Adebayo higher or lower than 63? when I first went in the game he was lower so I'm going to say lower you're right he is lower he's 61 61 yeah is Dan Scar higher or lower than 61 higher higher yeah 64 I mean just some of the ratings are actually mental aren't they well this is what I thought I thought I should be at least 64 65 like like in between that for the squad that's why, I, that's why I was fuming the other day. I'm sure I told Kins about it. I, I, just, I just don't think these, like EA, they, they just don't pay as much attention to a league like League 2, do they? So they just they just don't look at it at all. No, I um, I don't know if it was just this, this people or the people before, but um, I had a look at my player and I scored with him and I went to calibrate in my face. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the video, we said, show, show everybody. Okay, let's carry on. You've got two more guesses now. Um, so, Dan Scar is overall rating is 64. Is your finishing rating in the game higher or lower than 64? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say. I want to say higher, but I'm just going to say lower. So I'm wrong. You're right. I, I'm not. I, I don't agree with it completely. Is your finishing rating is just 61? I don't know what they've been watching. Um, it must be Liam doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell! I, I, I knew I shouldn't have got into all this stuff. You know, I knew. Honestly, as soon as, it, as soon as this is over, you're going to be on there with uh, with Kins, Clarky, and uh, and Norman. You're going to be absolutely bitching about me afterwards. <laughs> Go, going one. back through the player ratings, he's like going back through February. Like, what has he said about me? Oh yeah, uh, we, we've still got player ratings. Yeah, don't worry. 
last last one on the FIFA points. Uh, so your finishing is rated sixty one. Is uh, Keelan Lavery's higher or lower? That's a tough one. I think it's higher. I'm sure he's higher rating anyway. It is, yeah. Sixty six. His finishing. Um, so you, you did pretty well there. You got um, you got everyone right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seems, and he, I, he apparently he doesn't play FIFA then. <laughs> it seems it seems harsh. I'm just thinking about the the ratings now. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't dream of giving a rating that low. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to hang my hat on this now, and uh, no, it's, it's just it's bizarre, isn't it? They, you look, I think the highest rated player at Warsaw. I don't know if you got it, Luke. I think it, on FIFA. I think it's it's either Matt. Sadler or Danny Guthrie, I think they're like... It's Matt Sadler, yeah. 66, 67, something like that. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Sinclair's quite high, isn't he, as well? Yeah, it's, it's Sinclair's um, in the higher 60s, I'm sure. Um, but I think 70... I think, is it 70? I might be wrong. Um, either way, there's a couple of players with a silver a silver card, which is um, interesting. But we're moving on now to player ratings, Josh. So what I've done... So you've actually I've done a segment on this? Yeah, 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 I've done oh, this. No. I've, I've scooted through <laughs> Liam's player ratings for certain games. Oh, God. I'm going to let you have a pop at what you think you got in the player ratings from Liam. Okay. So, I mean, you give, I'm giving you plenty of ammunition now for the next time you see him. <laughs> uh, Warsaw 3, Northampton 2, February 2020. Do you remember the game? Yeah, that's cool. Maybe. <laughs> you don't know, do you? <laughs> that was the game. I'm, I'm not giving anything away because I don't want to. I don't want to say whether he scored or not because then it might affect the 20, rating. 20, oh yeah, yeah, that was at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the Holden last minute winner, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I did score, what, so I reckon. Oh, I don't know if he's a harsh critic or not. I'm going to say. By the way, I should clarify that you don't get point fives. We only rate from a zero to a ten. I don't think I've ever given any. I don't think I've ever seen anything lower than. A four or a five given? A four? That's a low rating. I don't think I've ever seen any rating given that, that bad. I'm not going to comment um, on but that. But none of them are in that none of them are in that range, I'll give you that. Um, um, I'll say eight. Eight? Correct. Yeah. I'm pleased with that. Walsall two, Forest Green one. Same month. Um I go safe again and go eight. Oh, no. Right. I meant... Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stick with it now. <laughs> stick with it now, I told you. Yeah. Okay, um, another one. Walsall 2, Cambridge 1, back in November. Now, I'll tell you what Liam Keane wrote about you from this Oh, rating. God. Somehow won every header against his, against giant defenders. Some luck about his goal, but players make their own luck. <laughs> That's quite nice, isn't it? That's quite good. Yeah. At least I'm writing nice stuff. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna say nine. Have you been reading these? <laughs> I'll just you got a nine. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just go after comments. So you know, we never read and stuff. So I thought if I've done all right in the other games and got eight, then maybe we're kind of comments. I can I can say as well. I've never given someone a ten. Um, I feel like I don't know what you think, Josh. I feel like a ten out of ten is like perfect to the point where a player hasn't even given a pass away or or something like that, which is almost impossible. I think. Yeah, but but my dad sometimes rates my game. He's a very harsh critic. 
oh, like, at least I'm a little bit better than I think I'm actually pretty generous, to be honest. So I'm uh, not, not, not that you don't deserve the nine <laughs> before, before we go there. No, yes, I'll never, I'll never say 10. I'll never say 10. Okay, two more. Exeter 3, Walsall 3, back in December. That was a mad game, that was. Mm. I'm going to get a bit lower on this one, I'm going to say. Six. Oh, you've, you've taught yourself down too far. You got a seven. Ah, oh, I got one wrong. The rest of the cycle, I look at him. <laughs> I told you that one because if, if if we managed to to hang on to the victory in that one, everyone would have got a bit higher. I think it was a it was a tough one. I'm, I'm finding myself defending myself now because I'm, I'm I'm like terrified of what Luke's brought up. It's all right. I've got one more. We've got one more, uh, and it's a good one as well. Uh, Salford one, Walsall two. Salford one. Oh, oh yeah, we won that one. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'll go seven. Seven? Yeah. It's like got a nine, man. Yeah. Yeah. Get in. <laughs> I can't remember the game. Like I know I saw, I know I saw in that game, but I can't remember the game. I remember it being like a tough, tough game towards the end, like holding on. So I couldn't. I don't know how he, uh, how he judges us on what we do to get the points. See, oh, I don't know half the time either, mate. I'll, don't worry. I, I sort of start off at a lot. I'll ignore that, Luke. I sort of start <laughs> start off at a, a sort of a six, is sort of average, and then depending on how well it's been up or down, it sort of changes. But I think I've been pretty, pretty fair, but probably slightly generous. Like maybe get a little bit carried away if someone scores and I'm buzzing for the rest of the evening. I might write. Some nice stuff and stick it at nine. You know, I can't wait for Josh to score a hat trick in the league and you give him a ten. A seven. <laughs> <laughs> a seven I don't know if I could ever do a ten. I really don't. I think it's. I. I just sort of feel it's a bit impossible to to do it because I, ten to me is ten out of ten is perfect. You've literally not misplaced a pass or missed a header or or given the ball away at any point in the game, which is almost impossible for any player. You're telling me if Josh Gordon doesn't, if he if he bangs in a hat trick and lays off three assists as well, he's not getting a ten. When you put it like that, then yeah. Josh, let him know when you do that. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if 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 he does that in a game, we'll be talking to him afterwards. So he'll um he'll have to threaten me out the back and uh, and say it better be a ten today. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, um, Josh, look, it's been a delight to have you on. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, however unbearable it may have been for you. No, it was good. Good thing, dude. But yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Really do appreciate it, Liam. I mean, I'm sure you want to... Yeah, thanks, Josh. I really appreciate it, mate. And um, if any of the other players fancy going through some player reigns, let me know and uh, I might turn all my social media off for the day and avoid them. (laughs) Um, But no, mate, yeah, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. And and yeah, we'll let let you get back to Warzone. All right, thanks very much, Josh. And uh, a thank you from myself and Leon Keane as well. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Awesome, thank you.